0: The mark of the beast, it's your image of him. It's you worshiping him. It's your obedience to him. It's your act of servitude towards the beast. It's you becoming like his image. All right, y'all. Hey, good morning. Uh, What a beautiful day it is here at NCMP. We're super thankful that uh, the rain is not going to be in the forecast today. It's going to be sunny skies, so we should have a good track for today. So super excited, um, and yeah, honored to be here to teach from the Word of God to you all this morning. Just to introduce myself, my name is Chase with Send It For Jesus. So again, super excited to be here to teach from the Word of God to you all this morning. I'll be speaking today from Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 through 18. Let me pray for us, and then we'll jump right into it. So Father God in heaven, we just come to you in your son's name, and we just want to thank you so much for this time that we could be here to race dirt bikes and to have fun with friends and family and just to make memories that will last a lifetime, and we just want to thank you for the freedom and the opportunity that we could be here to also hear from your word, and we just thank you for your word, and it's what it means to us. And I pray that people would just receive your word today and that they would come to know you by, by, through their faith in your son Christ, and Lord, we love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So Revelation chapter 13, starting in verse 11, the Bible says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. And he causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the beast to be killed. He causes all, both great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So the book of Revelation, it is written by John, who was a disciple of Jesus. And while he was exiled on the island of Patmos, he received visions from God that would tell of future events to come. And some of those events are the coming of Christ, but in this particular passage, one of those events that will come here in the future is the mark of the beast. And the reason why I want to speak about the mark of the beast is because I have noticed a lot of confusion, both from non-believers and believers, about what is the mark of the beast, when it will happen, and who will be here when it does happen. So the goal for this morning is to clear up any confusion that you might have about the mark of the beast, but the ultimate goal is to teach you how you can escape this horrific event that will soon take place. So the first thing to understand is what is the mark of the beast? Revelation chapter 13 verses 16 through 18, it says, and he causes all, both great and small, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. So verse 16, it says, they will receive a mark. So remember, guys, the Bible, it was not written in English. It was written in Hebrew and Greek. So we must look at the word mark in Greek because the meaning of the word mark in Greek is different than the meaning of mark in English. So what does the word mark mean in Greek? Well, it has a couple of different meanings It can mean a scratch or an etching. In other words, a stamp as in a badge of servitude. And it can also mean a figure stamped, in other words, an exact copy or representation. So one of the meanings of the Greek word marked, it means the badge of servitude, as in who do you serve. And we read in Revelation about the mark, and it mentions the right hand and also mentions the forehead. So look at it this way. The terminology, a mark in your forehead, it symbolically means to serve. And so it is to this very day. A uniform's, a uniform's cap has an engraved metallic mark etched at the forehead. And when a person is in the military, you can easily tell who they serve with because they will have a cap on their head within, with a badge etched at the cap, which is located on their forehead. And the terminology in your right hand it symbolizes an oath. And so it is this very day, an oath is performed with your right hand raised which is a solemn promise regarding one's future action or behavior. So Ray Foucher, who was a biologist and the originator of the character of God, he breaks down the meaning of the word marked. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Who being the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had made by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So that verse that there is talking about Jesus and how he is the image of God, how he is an exact copy of God. He is the representation of God. And that word image in Greek, it means figure or likeness. So like Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, and like Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 says, Jesus, he is the image of God. He is an exact copy of God. He is the representation of God. In Revelation chapter 16, verse 2, the Bible says, So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. So in that verse, we see the word image. In the Greek word image, it means, again, likeness or figure. In worship, it means the expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. So Ray Foucher, he says that we worship someone or something that we consider to be worthy or of value, and we tend to become like that which we value. So Revelation chapter 16, verse 2, it says that people will worship the beast, meaning that they will view the beast as worthy or of high value. They will worship his image. They will worship his look or his figure. They will consider the beast to be of high value. They will consider the beast to be worthy. Ray Foucher, he says, to worship the beast is to put value on and become like his character. So that sums up what the mark of the beast will be. It will not be some chip in your forehead or in your arm. It will not be a tattoo that's on your head or on your arm. The mark of the beast, it is your form of service. It is your form of obedience to the beast. Your worship of the beast, it will turn your image like that of him. The mark of the beast, it's your image of him. It's you worshiping him. It's your obedience to him. It's your act of servitude towards the beast. It's you becoming like his image. And think about it this way. When a person becomes saved, God, he does not give that person a physical mark to help God determine who is saved and who is not. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, it says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So that verse does not tell us that God gives us a physical mark. Rather, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, which means that we are guaranteed to receive the eternal promise of salvation that is given by God through His Son, Jesus Christ. God, He knows who belongs to Him because of their faith in His Son, Jesus, and because of their worship to Him. And the beast, he will know who belongs to him, not because of a physical mark, but because of your worship and servitude to him. So the next thing that we need to understand is when will the mark of the beast happen? The Bible teaches that Christ, he will come back for his bride, who is the church, and that is known as the rapture. And in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, the Bible says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So what does that mean? This means that those who have repented of their sin, those who have placed their faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for their salvation, will meet Jesus in the air to be with Him for eternity and to ultimately be saved from God's wrath. However, people will be left behind which are those who have rejected the truth of Jesus, those who have lived their life in sin and rebellion towards God. And those people, they will face the wrath of God, which is represented as the tribulation period. And in the tribulation period, many things will happen, and one of those things that will happen is the coming of the Antichrist, who will come trying to replicate Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, it says, And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. So notice how that verse says that the Antichrist will come to conquer. But the Bible teaches that Jesus came to save. So the Antichrist, he will not come to save you. Rather, the Antichrist, he will come to deceive you. He will come to conquer. But Jesus came to save, and that's exactly what he did. So looking at Revelation chapter 6, these events listed as in the coming of the Antichrist, as in the events of the mark of the beast, they are at the very beginning of of the tribulation period. And mind you again, the people during the tribulation period are those who have rejected Jesus Christ. So the Antichrist, you will come to conquer, and the number of the beast is 666, which is the number of a man, which is also the number of incompletion. But why is it three digits? Well, you might be familiar with the Holy Trinity, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The satanic trinity, it tries to replicate the Holy Trinity, as in Satan, trying to be like God, as in the Antichrist, trying to be like Jesus, and as the false prophet, trying to be like the Holy Spirit. So the, ta- the satanic trinity, which is which it also can be to as the number 666, they try to mock God, they try to mock his holy trinity. So the coming of the Antichrist and the events of the mark of the beast that happens during the tribulation period, which is after Jesus comes for his bride, who is a church, which is known as the rapture. And the next thing that we need to understand is who will be here when the mark of the beast happens. Now, I just touched on this in the previous explanation. And those people who will be here during the events of the mark of the beast are those who have rejected the truth of Jesus Christ, those who have lived their whole life in sin and rebellion towards God. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses sixteen to seventeen says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. In the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So these verses teach us that Jesus He will come, and those who have placed their faith in His death and resurrection, they will rise to meet Him in the air, to be with Him for eternity. However, those verses they don't say that everybody will rise to meet Christ. It will only be those who have turned away from their sin and have placed their faith in Jesus. So those verses tell us that people, they will be left behind, and it's clear as to who those people will be, and it's those who willingly chose to live their life in sin and to rebel against God. They will be left behind because sin has overtaken them, and God, who is a holy God, cannot dwell in the presence of sin, which is another reason as to why people will be left behind. God, he will punish the sin of those people who rejected his gracious sacrifice and gift of salvation through His Son, Jesus. So to recap all of this, the mark of the beast is you becoming like Him. It's you becoming the image of who He is because of your act of servitude and because of your worship to Him. The mark of the beast, it happens after Jesus comes for His bride, who is a church, which is known as the rapture. And the people who will be here to endure this event will be those who have rejected the truth of Jesus Christ. So guys, I understand that this all might sound a little concerning. It all might sound a little scary to you. And to be honest, it is. But it's a reality that we must talk about. But guys, there is so much hope in all this. This might sound scary. This might sound concerning. But guys, there is hope in all this. And that hope is that the Bible teaches that God does not want anybody to suffer wrath, but that he wants everybody to be saved. So that right there is hope. The hope that God Almighty wants everybody everybody here to be saved. He doesn't want us to suffer his wrath. He wants us to be saved. It's why Christ came. If God wanted us to suffer his wrath, if he wanted us to go through these horrific events that will soon take place, then Christ wouldn't have came. But God sent his son to not only forgive us from our sin, but to save us from his wrath and to save us from these events that will soon take place. So how you can escape this event is through your repentance of your sin and through your faith in Christ. So if you are here this morning, you know for a fact that you have never placed your faith in, placed your faith in Christ. You know that you've never turned away from your sin, you, you realize that you are constantly living in sin, that you are constantly rebelling against, against God. But you want to be forgiven of your sin. You want to be saved from God's wrath. You want to be saved from the events like the mark of the beast that will soon take place. So you, if you want to be forgiven, if you want to be saved, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if you confess your sin, God, He is faithful and just, and He, and he will forgive you of your sin, and that He will purify you from all unrighteousness. Acts 3.19 it says, repent then and turn to God so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And then in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So that right there is how you can be forgiven. That right there is how you can be saved, and that's how you can spend eternity with God. You must confess to God. Listen, I'm not going to pray a certain prayer for you to repeat after me, because salvation, it's it's you humbling yourself, and it's confessing on your own to God that you have wronged Him. I understand that it it can be hard to walk up to somebody and to admit that you wronged them. I understand that is hard, but that takes humility, and that's the start of it you must confess to God that you have wronged Him by sinning against Him and by rebelling against Him. And if you do, the Bible says that He will forgive you and that He will cleanse you from all impurity. Confess to God that you repent of your sin. Confess that you are done living a life full of sin, that you are committing to live your life for Him and to worship and serve Him. And confess to God that you believe by faith that Christ came to this earth to die on the cross so that through him we could be forgiven and saved, and that God raised him from the dead.